Hello, testing. There we go. Can you hear me all right now? So uh, I actually learned from Tyler's wife, Jana, that that Tyler actually at one time in his life Excuse me. We went to the uh, we went to the steep last night, so I guess that's coming back to haunt me. No, uh, at one time in Tyler's life, he was actually a skittle thug. Anybody know what a skittle thug is? Well, you should. Some of you do. <laughs> a skittle thug is one of those. Uh, Guys with an attitude on the mountain with bright colored clothes and like a jacket that's way too big and all that. That was a long time ago. It's not a Skittle thug anymore. You know, Skittles, bright colors and all that stuff. And then the attitude. Uh, anyway, you've, you've, you've grown up a lot, I guess. No offense to any Skittle thugs that are out here. I think you have grown up. Uh, another one was uh, our, our good friend... Um, uh, Andy Holstein said to me, he said, you know, Scott, the difference between a snowboard, what, he, said, he said, tell me what the difference is between a snowboarder and a vacuum cleaner. I was like, this doesn't sound like it's going very positively for me, but uh, he said, uh, it's all in how you attach the dirt bag to it. So, I appreciated that. Um, snowboarders, unite, dirt bags. Now, of course, a lot of women are here, but we have quite a few women at our women's retreat, and you might have thought coming today, it was going to be mostly men, and we were going to talk about monster trucks, pro wrestling, power tools, and stuff like that. Lisa <laughs> would like that, but we're not. We're going to continue with our series on, uh, on our core values. And so I wanted to just briefly say, you know, we've, we've talked about what all of this is based on. Our mission at this church is to reconcile men to God. That is what we are about, messenger, being messengers of reconciliation, reconciling, reconciling vertically between man and God, uh, man and others, and man and himself. And that's our foundation, which all of our core values kind of stand on or are built on and, the, the six core values, which I know you all know, but I'll just repeat them up here. Worship, equipping, sh- uh, service, harvest, recovery, and retreat. Those are the six, and we've been through a couple already. We've talked about harvest. Uh, last week, uh, Chris shared with us about recovery, and this week we're going to look into equipping and what that means. What is equipping at the church? If I were to just come up to you point blank and say, what's equipping at this church and for you? You might say, mm, I'm not really sure. I'm hoping when we come out of this, you'll have a little bit better idea. Uh, If you will, uh, Ephesians 4. This is the passage we're going to go to and and return to continuously this morning. Ephesians 4, uh, verse 11, starting there. This is Paul. He's encouraging the church. Just incredible words here. And you'll see equipping come up in this as I read through it. So if you will, follow with me here. God gave some as apostles Excuse me. He, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity 
of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, craftiness, deceitful schemes. Now, this is one of those uh, verses or passages where I only read you part of it, but it's this giant sentence that Paul shares. And you know, when Paul writes, sometimes it just goes all around and loops back and forth and stuff. So what I want to do, I'm going to give you two little translations, like summaries of this. And, and this, is, this is one of them. God provides leaders to equip so that all believers can build one another up into maturity in Christ. Okay? He provides those, the prophets, the teachers, the whatever, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now let me say it another way. Equipping is the work of a, te- is the work of a team with one purpose, to grow into maturity in Christ. Okay, so this is equipping. It is the work of a team with one purpose, to grow into maturity in Christ. And here's how I want to go about looking at this this morning. Talk just for a moment about what equipping is, a little more in detail, and look at why it's important to be equipped. What's that about? Why do we do it? And then how that happens. So the what, the why, and the how. And I I want to say this, this message really is to believers because this is about the church. If you're not a believer here, and I hope some of you are not there because I want you to come across the line of faith, I just want you to, I encourage you, just relax, listen to what we're talking about, listen to the passage, and see what you think. See how it interacts with your soul. So uh, what is equipping? If you back up to verse 11, he gave some, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers, there's roles of uh, authority in the church, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So there's this word equip in there. and It's talking about this is something that's done by uh, some of the leaders in the church for the body and in this, where we're going right now. So two things about that. One is that the definition of the word equip is pretty interesting. There's two nuances to it that I wanted to bring out to you. One is this, uh, it means, and it's often, the same word is often used for restoring something. So we use in the context of like a fishing net, in those days, you would, re, you would equip the net, you would, you would restore it to its original place, to its usefulness. You would make it right, you would make it whole. And that's really cool, especially if you heard what Chris said last week to us about uh, our, our core value of um, recovery, is making whole and renewing. And that's what this, is, this, is what this word equip is about. So we're, we're tying those two things together. But another piece of equipping is one that's more obvious, is that it's, it's provisioning. It's providing the, the necessary tools and resources to be successful. So I would equip you, you would equip me to do something, and we would be better prepared. So that, those are two aspects of it. But there is something about the equipping uh, in the definition of it. I think it's really important. If you, in verse 12, it says that these leaders equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And that idea of building up the body of Christ is similar to equip. And so he's saying that there are leaders who equip, but at the same time, the body is involved. So when he says saints, look there, it's in verse 12, he says, to equip the saints. Saints is a word for Christians, for people in the church. That's all of us, okay? And I'm going to talk a little more in detail, so I'm going to put this on hold. But he says all of us are equipped, if we're believers, for the work of ministry. 
In other words, we're equipping to be equipped, and we put ourselves in a place to equip and be equipped, and that's even why we're here this morning. So, there's a, I guess I'd say that, like the women's retreat that's going on right now, you know, Carrie has this desire to bring some of the women together, to minister to them, to have them have some unity, to enjoy company, and to grow together, to be equipped. And so that little thing that's happening there, that thing that's happening this morning, is a place where people have chosen to, uh, we've chosen to be equipped together. Okay? So we're, I mean, that, I know that is fairly obvious, but there is this environment that as a, as a church, as Obi Joyful, we are committed to, and as individuals we're committed to, and that we are all a part of. So equipping is restoration, it's provision, it's providing the necessary tools, uh, but it's, it's also something that we're all engaged in, all of us. And, and that's something that I want to, uh, to, to challenge you with today, and just ask you to be thinking about it. You are, if you're a believer, one of the people that God has said are, are equipped, are being equipped to do the work of the ministry. So each one of you, whether you live here or live in another place, if you're a believer, that's what you are called to. That's what you're created for. But why do we do it? Well, Paul, Paul says it in, in several different words here. He says uh, in verse 13 of chapter 4, it's for maturity in Christ. He says, we're about equipping until we all attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure and stature and to the fullness of Christ. And I want to give you, I guess, three reasons I think that, it, that it is impo- it's important to be equipped for maturity. And one of them is this, because being mature in Christ is a really good thing. Because I think, as you're listening to me and as I'm thinking about it, personally, I'm thinking, well, this sounds, like some re- this sounds like a job. This sounds like responsibility. This sounds like work. It sounds like I'm going to have to do something, maybe something I don't want. I might have to be vulnerable. I might, you know, all these thoughts might be going through your head. But maturity in Christ is good. And let me tell you, this verse, just if you back up in Ephesians to chapter 3, this is, this is pretty amazing, uh, the way Paul has, is writing this. This is what he says is his desire and what maturity in Christ looks like. In verse three, uh, chapter 3, verse 16, he says, My desire is that according to the riches of his glory, okay, listen to this here, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, so that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. There's that word fullness again there, this maturity, this thing. So there's this, uh, to me, when I read that passage, I think that kind of maturity, that rooted uh, maturity in Christ is a very good thing. And if you know Christ, that's a place that you want to be. And in order to be in that place, we need to be equipping one another. 
So there is a, uh, there's an alternative to maturity. Let me share that with you. I, I did read it once uh, in verse 14 of chapter 4. There's a contrast. He says, we should be equipped to maturity in 14. He says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. Now, so when I compare being rooted and grounded in love, comprehending the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of the love of Christ for me, and I compare that to this other thing, to being tossed to and fro on the waves and blown by the wind of our culture, of how we feel about ourselves instead of what God says about us. Which one of those do I want to choose? I want to choose maturity in Christ. I want to be grounded in Him. I want to be deep in Him. And and here's another thing. When we look at When we look at maturity in Christ, if you're a believer, it's, it's just it's something we struggle with. And that's why Paul's even addressing it here. Because for some reason, we, we cross that line of faith, we step into a relationship with Jesus, and we have these ups and downs. You know, life takes us all over the place. And a lot of times, I'm speaking for myself in particular, we're just like an idling engine. We're just there, and we're not being used for what we were made for. Like an engine in a car, we're just running, and nothing's happening. And that happens all the time. It's just sort of a natural way that we tend to go. Uh, You know, there's the sound and the appearance of faith and health, but nothing is happening. And we're all, we tend to be keenly aware of that, and we we block it, we, we, uh, we justify it, you know. Now, there's something I learned as a teenager that is true. And I'll test it with you. I'm sure you'll agree. All women... (laughs) um, Now, remember, I learned this as a teenager. Love the the sound of a revving engine in a car. (laughs) It's true. And you know that because guys do it all the time. <laughs> She'll really think this is cool. <clears throat> right? And they also love really loud stereos. You think I'm lying. You try it sometimes. See? Uh, they, they do love that. Um, but a loud roaring engine and a loud stereo, you know, sitting there, is not necessarily proof that anything good is going on. Right? So, you know, what I want to encourage us in is is to say, all right, where am I with maturity in Christ? You know, am I really headed? Has anything changed? Because maturity is sort of a, a process of, reforming character and renewal right as we move forward into him this is this is that why, this is that that reason why we're we're called to equip so we move forward you know has in the past 2 years is there a change in the in your attitude of humility towards people you don't want to be humble to, in your in your gentleness in your generosity christ like characteristics have those things changed or the the things that god has put on your heart 
If they have not changed, are you moving forward in maturity or are you just idling? And the reason I brought up that particular list is that those are things that, that people around me have said, Scott, you need to work on these things. And I'm aware of those things. But, and I want to see them move forward through the power of Christ. The way that that happens, though, is in an environment of equipping where I'm being challenged and encouraged and built up in the body of Christ with my friends. So, are you an, are you an idling engine? So, there is this equipping that God has provided to happen within the church and amongst Christians. There is a reason that it happens, and that is so that we would actually mature in Christ and be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. And then finally, uh, I, I want to spend just a moment on how it happens. How do we do it? So I, I hopefully have encouraged you to say, hey, I want to have a desire to be a part and join into the equipping process. But a couple of, of things about it. How means three things. We, it means unity, and it means knowledge. I'm going to hit these real quick. It means the how of equipping. How means we, it means unity, and it means knowledge. So one of the things in this passage that really jumped out to me is how Paul uses the word we. He says, in there he says, until we all attain to the unity of faith. He says, we're, we're working towards this until we all attain to unity of faith so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro. And in verse 15, we are to grow up. I didn't read this to you earlier, but we are to grow up in every way into him. So Paul is the teacher. He is, remember in the first part of the passage, it had a list, it had apostles and teachers and all this stuff. And Paul is one of the apostles, one of the guys who's called directly by Christ to do this. But in this passage, he says, he says, we, he puts himself inside the church. He doesn't put himself above the church or any of the people in the church. He says, basically, I'm equipping you so that we, I included, won't be tossed about by the winds of the times, by the winds of my feelings about myself, by the winds of what other people say. It's, it, and he says it three different times at least. He includes himself in there. So to Paul, we, uh, this, this idea of how we do it, it includes the idea of we. We're doing this together. And so let me, let me say this, this way. Uh, we, what, I'm going to tell you what we doesn't mean. If we're, if we're talking about all of us together, equipping one another, it doesn't mean that I disqualify or think too lowly of myself. And I say, well, you know, I've got all this baggage. I've done these things. Things aren't good in my life. I can't possibly contribute to this. I couldn't equip somebody else. I couldn't be a part of that. I just got to, that's just not me. As, as members of the body, you, you are included in the we no matter what kind of baggage you have. And another thing is not to think too highly of ourselves and say, oh, well, she's done that or she's doing this, or he's that, or that family is this and that. That's when we're taking the opposite road of Paul, and we're not including our, we're excluding people from the we. So we can't think too, too poorly of ourselves, nor too highly of ourselves, because 
none of us earned our place here as believers, right? God called each one of us into this family, and part of what that means is to equip each other individually as we move forward towards maturity in Christ. I don't care if you don't think you have anything to offer. You do. Because Jesus made you that way. So, you know, I would love for us to walk out of here and no matter what you think about your ability to equip, to be a part of this body, your spiritual health or anything, that you would come out with this idea of being able to equip the others that are around you. That you would join in that process of equipping. I, uh, I went up just the other day. I hate to keep using skiing analogies, but I guess I will. Um, you know, I tried out this telemark thing, and I really stink at it. But Chad uh, said, hey, you know, I used to be an instructor. I'd love to help you, you know, learn how to do this better. And I was like, yes. So he said, well, I've I got an hour to ski this week. Now, if you only have an hour, do you want to spend it with some, you know, somebody who doesn't know what they're doing? No. And so I said, Chad, do you really want to spend your time teaching me how to do this? He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be glad to help you. So... I knew the value of Chad's time, and I knew my weakness in this place, in this, uh, my ability there. But he, he took that time, and he built into me. And so did I just blow off what he had to say, or did I really take it seriously? I, it was a great, just a small model in, in a, of, of um, the equipping that takes place, where Chad had something to offer that I didn't know anything about. And so I... I went and I really listened and I grew. And the same thing happens inside the church. And that we had that opportunity. And I would say that that, even though that wasn't a spiritual learning event, that we were growing together as friends and fellowship, right? And I can hand that off someday as well. And the same thing works in the church and is happening like at the women's retreat and hopefully even this morning. Hey, one more thing about unity. I mean, about... Uh, my next point is unity about how. And, and I want to say two things about this. He says, uh, Paul says, the part of maturity in Christ is that we all attain, in verse 13, the unity of the faith. Unity within the church is one of the most critical things uh, that we can strive for. And it's a part of equipping. How in your life, you have probably been to or heard of a church that was disunified. And you've probably seen the results of that. We have got to fight for unity at this church. That has to be a high priority of ours. Jesus said when the church is unified, people will look at it and say, hey, they must have a real God and he must be this God. That's what Jesus said. So when we're unified, it really, really matters. Well, let me ask you some of the, something. If you're, to have unity, and y'all just pops, pop out your answers to this, if, if you're going to have unity, what are some of the characteristics of that? What are some of the parts of unity? What makes unity happen? A lo- love, agreeing together. What's that? Trust. Relationship, standing up for each other, defending each other, 
Okay, where did that come from? I heard a common purpose, okay. This side, I haven't heard anything. Is something going on over here? <laughs> you guys. Okay. Biblical doctrine leads to unity. Yeah. Oh, respect for diversity. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Patience. Understanding. There's one piece of, in, in all of those things go into unity. Those are the things that we have to have and give to each other. Most of those things that you said are things that you actually give. But here, here's the thing that has really struck me about unity. In order to have unity, you have to be willing to give up what you want. If you're going to have unity, you cannot have your way all the time. Right? Because when we have disunity, it's because different people want different things and no one's willing to back down. Right? Any relationship we've been in, we understand what that's about. But it happens inside the church. So what I want to say is if we're fighting, if unity is part of moving towards maturity in Christ, is a part of equipping, the way we fight for it is to be willing to submit. And I don't know how that sounds to you, but in the context of trust and respect and the word of God and love and, what did you say? And in defending one another, having that relational, uh, safe relational context, that's, when, that's where unity can take place. And it's in a context of submission. I... Uh, I mean, I'm really privileged to be on this team of, of leaders at our church because um, we submit to each other. And that's part of what leading in the church is about. It's not one leader having his um, way all the time. It's about seeking God together and then as a team submitting. And you should expect from our elders, from our leadership, from leadership in this church, that we're willing to submit to each other and that we find unity in that. Because it's incredibly important to us. One last thing. This uh, about how. And that is where Paul says that we need to have the knowledge of the Son of God. He says, we equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. So we need to have this, um, we need to understand who Jesus is, the Son of God. And the word knowledge that's used here is pretty interesting because there are a couple of words for knowledge, but this one um, is indicates deep knowledge, not just to know, but to have deep knowledge. And the way that we find that deep knowledge is through the Word, is through the Word of God. And I just want to say that, uh, and be sure that we all understand that this church is founded on the Word of God, and that that will be our, uh, the, the basis, the foundation that we move forward from in all cases, and will always inform what we do. There's a passage in 2 Timothy 3.16. I think we have it. Uh, if you could put it up there, Wendy. 
And it summarizes it really well. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So do you see those words we've already been talking about? Equipped in the fullness of God and and, uh, in training in righteousness and being complete. All of those things flow out of the word of God as we learn, as we grow in our knowledge. And that's why we're here. Another reason that we're here today is to be equipped in the knowledge of the word of God. So I hope that I've, I've been able to show you a little bit of the what of equipping, what it is. It's something that we all engage in as a church, each one of us, and each one of us has value in that. And the reason is the reason that we equip as a church is so that we'll find maturity in Christ. And the way that that happens is this process that we go through that includes all of us. It's the we. It is learning to lost my... Come on, guys, help me out. Unity. Thank you. Unity and knowledge. And those things come together to move us forward into maturity in Christ. I was really struck last week when uh, Tyler was sharing about Chris Gibson. You know, Chris was preaching last week, and Tyler said, you know, when, when I first met Chris, he was really a mess. And Chris was agreeing with that. But I'm not saying Chris is perfect, but he has been renewed in Christ. And he's growing, he's equipping himself. He's, he's going to Bible school, he's involved in leadership, he's really working to grow. And uh, I don't know how much he'd appreciate me setting him up like that, but what we, can, we, we have these examples of that kind of growth in our body, and it's exciting. And that's the kind of growth, not that we want to look like Chris, we want to look like Christ. And I would love it if each one of us would have someone else in our body to tell a story like that. I've seen this person grow. We don't want to be stagnant and idle. We want to grow into maturity in Christ. So that's what I want to leave you with today. I want to encourage you, if we're going to move forward in in growing deep in maturity in Christ, and we're going to equip one another. No matter where you find yourself, we're going to equip one another in this body to maturity in Christ. So may that be what this church is about. So let me, let me pray for us. God, I do pray that we would move forward. God, is a body, uh, knowing that you have made us good enough you have made us right before you so that each one of us can equip and care for one another. And Lord, I thank you that you don't uh, require perfection, that um, you can use someone like me, that you can use anybody in this church. Um, and it's not because we have achieved anything, but it's simply because you're working in us. And God, I pray that each one of us who knows you would be in a, desiring to move forward and um, no longer idle if that's where we are, but to grow in maturity in you. Um, God, may that be something that can be said for each of us. God, draw us into that. Uh, bring us into that fullness of Christ, that rootedness in him. 
In Jesus' name, amen. I think Al's going to come lead us in uh, communion this morning.